Today on episode number 726, we're interviewing Andrew Lewin, who does the show Speak Up for Blue. Here's a little bit about that show. Speak Up for the Ocean Blue uh, is a podcast about how, literally how to live for a better ocean. So what I do is I provide a platform. It kind of has two meanings, really. Getting people to act better and to think about the ocean every time they act and do, doing something. The other thing that I do is I provide a platform for marine conservationists and scientists that don't have the ability to speak up or the platform to speak up for their own. So I provide that platform for them and they get to talk about the projects, their successes, their challenges, whatever that might be. And this guy is a walking, talking, living, breathing because of my podcast story. Wait till you hear it. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast consultant, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is why I help you start your podcast and grow your influence. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription, or if you want, you can go crazy and buy the courses a la carte. And... Sometimes you get a little worried when you are starting a podcast. You're going to hear about Andrew's kind of times when he was like, "Mm, I'm not sure if this is going to work or not. And one of the things you can do to make sure you're going in the right direction is to get a Focusrite USB interface. And I'm talking about the Scarlet. They now have a third generation USB interface with over 3 million units sold worldwide. They have six different interfaces. Do you need one input, four inputs, eight inputs? They've got you covered. And we are talking about superior sound quality that makes you sound the best. And it works with whatever recording software you are already using and with any type of typical microphone, an XLR input. In some cases... They actually have this feature called Loopback, which allows you to record your Skype or Zoom calls directly into whatever software you're using with no workarounds. And the new version, the third generation, they have a unique air feature that adds a little, just a little extra brightness and presence to your voice, which is great if you're using something like Zoom. You can check out, they have an interface selection tool and more things just by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash focus, right? That's schoolofpodcasting.com slash F O C U S R I T E. And thank you focus, right? For being a sponsor of the school of podcasting. Well, joining me via Squadcast, but he's been doing this a while and it's got all sorts of insights and things like that. He's a scientist, he's a speaker, and he's the host of the Speak Up for Blue podcast, which you can find at speakupforblue.com. Andrew Lewin, how's it going, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Dave. I'm super excited to be here. When did you get the bug to start a podcast? I think probably about a year into actually, no, it was sooner than that. Probably like two months into start listening to my first podcast. So it was, uh, it was Andrew Warner from mixergy.com. I started listening to somebody put me on to him and, and then I just got hooked. And then all of a sudden I was like, I wonder if there's any ocean related. I'm a marine biologist. So I'm like, are there any ocean related podcasts out there? And then I started to look them up and they never really had what I always envisioned why I wanted to listen to. And then, then it was just when I hear that, I'm just the entrepreneur in me just kind of kicks in. It's like, oh, I see a gap in this niche and I'm going to go and, and fill it. And then that's when it happened. Wow. And that was how long ago? 
Well, that was in 2014. I didn't publish my... When I did my first interview in 2014, I didn't publish my first podcast until 2015. So you recorded for a year before you published anything? So this is what happened. I didn't know how to start a podcast and I didn't know where to start. And every time I looked it up, nothing was helping. And it seemed overly complicated. I'm I'm a tech guy. I taught myself WordPress. I taught like, I'm not an overly like developer tech person, but I can figure my way around. And I just couldn't figure this out. So it was a while I found this. I was using this video player uh, from this certain company. They offered a way to do, to get podcasts up. And I was like, boom, here we go. Let's let's do it. And it was actually through Libsyn, which is who my host is now. But it was it was it was a weird software package that went, it was called Odello, and it went through that oh, and into yeah. Libsyn. <laughs> and and yeah, so I kind of fell. I guess I kind of fell for it, but it was. It was easy for me, and that's what I was looking for. And it was, and then I didn't really know about like too much about the hosting sites in Libsyn and what they all offered. And then I just looked at the stats in Odello. And at one point, six months into me publishing, I had one episode apparently had twenty two thousand downloads in like six hours. And I was like, "Oh, I've made it! Like this is it! This is this is everything!" And then I realized, I'm like, "Oh, those that's not right. <laughs> that can't be right." Oops! Because I go to my, I went to Libsyn and had like ten. I was like, okay, hold on a second. What's the difference? Contacted Lips and I'm like, why is there a difference? And like, that's because they don't filter their stats. And that's when I realized that stats were so important and how they're filtered. And then I just complete, I just asked support. I don't even know if it was you, Dave. I just asked support and I said, hey, can I just get completely moved over here? And, and they did that. What kept you going? Because some people don't make it past episode seven because they're not on Jimmy Kimmel yet. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, I'm a scientist, so I am a stats guy. I love to see my stats. And I had heard a lot of marketing sort of uh, people talk about the fact that your stats and anything you start won't be that great. And to be honest, I was having too much fun. I, I, I think I had about six or seven episodes in the can when I launched. And then so because of that year of recording, and then I just kept doing it. And I just found that I loved it so much. At first, it was just a week, once a week, and they were just interviews. And then I quickly went to five days a week were solo episodes and interviews while working a job, mind you, which was quite a lot of work. Had a friend help out with all like the the website stuff and all the blogs and, and everything like that. But I just I literally fell in love with it. I started off with the blue Yeti. Didn't like the the audio on that. And so I bought this this microphone that I have here, the the Shure SM7B, but I just loved it. And then I just kept going. It just and it literally just became a, a passion of mine, a, a love for for speaking about the ocean. And you got to remember too, like I live in Ontario, in Canada, right? So I'm not surrounded by any ocean. The closest I have is the Great Lakes. So being a marine biologist and not being able to talk about the ocean was really hurting me. So I was just, I just had to do it, and I just started it, and it just fell in love with it. It just became a huge passion of mine. And so. When you first started off, were you just telling everybody you knew? I, I think my family knew and that was it. I had, I had speakupforblue.com and it was a blog. So I was putting it up on that, on that site. And at the, like the site was doing pretty well, you know, considering it's a small sort of niche type topic. And I was getting listeners. So I was getting a few listeners on the podcast. But I didn't tell anybody other than the people that I interviewed. I didn't tell anybody about the podcast. I wasn't really advertising because I, I had a fear of... People in my other scientists and other conservationists hearing me because when scientists, when we're trained, we're trained to critique constructively, but also get critiqued. And that's only within the science realm. 
It was rare for someone to go outside the science realm. It still is, to be honest. It's getting better, but it's rare to go outside the science realm and talk to <laughs> non-scientists about conservation, about ocean issues that we're facing and climate change and plastic pollution and all this kind of stuff. And so I was worried about what people in my industry would say if it got out too much, you know, and I was worried that I'm like, maybe I'm saying something that's wrong. You know, I'm not a PhD. So maybe I'm not an expert. So maybe somebody's going to come back like, no, you're wrong. You shouldn't be doing this like scientists tend to do. And then it just happened that I got invited to a conference actually in Newfoundland. This is like after a year of doing the podcast. And I had covered a one of the studies that the director of communications of this conference had written he fell in love with the podcast when he heard about it. And then he invited me over there. He said, Hey, why don't you come down? I paid my own way. I brought, and you'll, you'll laugh at this because at, at this point I was just working off my laptop. I have the sure SM seven B. I have a Stein Steinberg UR 22 that would have plug in and it was not mobile friendly at all. I brought all this equipment. My editor was ScreenFlow at the time. I brought all that equipment. I rented another uh, microphone, the same microphone with stands from my local music store. And I got on a plane and I went over there. And this guy loved me so much that he hooked me up with all these interviews at the conference. He goes, look, I have a suite wow. in my hotel room. Because he's like, hey, why don't you just do the, the interviews out of your hotel room? I'm like, that's really creepy that a guy is going to walk up to, to to somebody at the conference. Like, why don't you come to my hotel room and I'm going to interview you when there's only two beds. Like, it's just not right, you know? And, and so he's like, no, I got a suite where it's got a living room. And then so I had everybody bring a friend, whoever I interviewed, guy or girl, I would say, or woman or man, I would say, bring a friend, you know, we'll have a drink. We could do the podcast. If you feel comfortable, that's fine. And then it got to the point where I would come down with the person down from the elevator from the room and he would be waiting at the elevator with somebody else. And it, I would just go back up. And I probably wow. did about 10 to 12 interviews in two days, which was fantastic because it's exactly what I, what I wanted to do. And that's when I realized I was like, okay, this is, this is really good. People are, are liking what I'm doing. And then at the conference, I got recognized by my voice. Like somebody passed me and they say, hey, do you have that podcast speak up for Blue? And I'm like, Yes. And they're like, I recognize your voice from it. I listen to it all the time. And then a lot of people started to realize who I was. And then they're like, yeah, I listen to it all the time. And it was, was so surreal for me because I didn't think anybody was listening. you know. And, and it was just, uh, you know, it turned in like I was getting maybe at that time after a year, I was probably getting like 100 downloads, 150 downloads per episode. But those apparently they were all there, <laughs> like at least 30 of them that were at that conference, which was kind of cool to, to see and to and experience. You know, your your fear was some scientist is going to come out and say, that's wrong, shouldn't say that, blah, blah, blah. Have you ever had anybody do that yet? Nobody. Nobody. They've all yeah. been super supportive. So much so that uh, I've had people... Spend, I've been able to interview a lot of younger people because they know what podcasts are. The older sort of professor types have been a little wary because they're not sure if they should speak out. But the ones that I have had on are now really good friends because we chat for about... Sometimes we chat for about a half hour to an hour and a half before and after the episode that we record. And they said, you know what? I had such a great time. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend to my buddy over here and who's like an expert in whales. And then I'm going to... And then so I just got referrals for guests and, and they just kept coming and saying, hey, we had a great time doing it. Sometimes they bring drinks and they said, we have a great time doing this. And, and, it's, and it's been absolutely wonderful. Like the, the things that I've been able to cover and be able to accomplish on this podcast, I'd never be able to do 
in a in my line of work, like in a nine to five conservation job. There's no way. I've had people contact me from the audience. Now, this is what's what I love is the engagement from the audience that I had, which I never had in the first year, but I started to get it more and more. It's been five years now since I started publishing. And, uh, you know, from people who have been in Hong Kong who say, we now actually go out of our way to recycle. We found a recycling facility where we actually take our recycling because there's no regular recycling in their apartment buildings and sky rises and stuff like that, which I was like, this is great. I had a guy in Australia who quit his job and started a beach cleanup organization in Australia. And when he contacted me, he said, Hey, get this is what I've been doing. I'm like, this is great. You've been doing like, that's a great work. I'm really happy you did that. He goes, yeah, I quit my job after listening to your podcast. And I did this because this needed to be done. And I'm like, wow, I did not, I did not expect like, how do you react to that? Somebody changed their entire life. He was like in some sort of construction job and he just decided to change this kind of, this kind of way. So it was one of those things where you just situations are like you just you're taken aback by what you can do to inspire somebody you look at your microphone you go this thing's loaded man. <laughs> <Yeah>. hold on <laughs> you gotta be careful with that thing <laughs> seriously i've had experience where i've i was at duke university last year i have a good relationship with duke and i was doing a presentation on science communication and podcasting for for a bunch of their graduate students and somebody in there said they're doing a phd because of me and I was like, what do you, what do you mean? She was like, well, I was in between, this woman was in between like graduate work and she was working, uh, she was actually working, uh, shucking oysters at an oyster farm. And she says, it's the hardest work she's ever done. She always had cuts on her arm, on her, on her hands and everything like that. And, and then she would put her earbuds on and listen to my podcast and feel better. And it actually said to her, I got to go do a PhD if I want to get out of this. Cause I, I cover a lot of career stuff because it's such a hard thing to find in, in marine biology and marine conservation as a career and getting a job in this industry. So I cover a lot of that. And she said that, you know, specifically, that's why she went back to graduate school. So it's like to be able to inspire someone's life to go back to graduate school to do that, you just, you never expect to hear that kind of stuff. And you, and it motivates me to keep going. Do you regularly go to these conferences for your job or is this something where you're going just for the podcast? Well, or is so, it both? So in, in a way, it's a, a little bit of both. It's, it's something I've always, I always, this particular conference, the International Marine Conservation Congress, we call it IMCC, is something I've always enjoyed. I've, I've been to, there's been six, five of them and I've been to three of them. But a lot of times they've been away. You know, the ones, the two that I've gone, one was in Victoria, BC, which is still in Canada. And then the other one was in Newfoundland. And so I went to both those because I live in Canada. It was easy to, easy to find a flight. But then they had one uh, a couple of years ago in Malaysia, in Borneo side. You know, I, I was just like, I'll help out in the planning, but there's no way that I can afford to go. And the guy that was the communications director of the last conference became the sort of the chair of the planning committee for this conference. So he was in charge. And again, loving the podcast. I had him on the podcast. So I'm like, if you love it that much and you love science communication, let's have you on. It came up and he said, hey, if we pay you to advertise the conference when the abstracts come out and, and then we'll put you on the, the chair of the uh, fundraising committee, we can get you to the conference without you having to pay to go. Because I said, I won't be able to go. So I'd like to help out in any way I can. He's like, well, we'll be able to get you going. They put me up in a nice in a nice room. I was, uh, you know, it's a twenty five hundred dollar trip just to get there, and they they paid. Wow, for, you know, which I wouldn't have been able to afford anyway because it it wasn't covered from my regular job. I was working in science at that point, but it wasn't covered with my regular job. I took vacation to do that, and then I I podcasted again, and and I this time I was a little smart. I had a Zoom H four N, and I. And I took that and I rented uh, some smaller microphones from my music store. And then I just went there and, and had a blast. Like it was a lot of fun. We actually, 
incorporated podcasting in the conference because of me. So I had a couple of shows at that point. I had Speak Up for Blue and I had Marine Conservation Happy Hour, which is the same sort of thing, except we drink like it's happy hour. And we always say we drink either because it's good news and we celebrate or we drink and drown our sorrows because it's really (laughs) bad news. And so we did that and we actually did that Marine Conservation Happy Hour live at the conference as part of the ending, sort of the last bit of a hurrah for the conference at this Oceans Online segment, which is all about science communication. And so we had a, a panel up there and we had our microphones and people had their drinks and they were buying us drinks and we had it recorded on the audio system and to play it later. And it was a great thing to do. And then uh, another time we actually introduced a new show. A bunch of the people that are at the conference that are and, and a couple of them that are Marine Conservation Happy Hour love Dungeons and Dragons. And they they often use Dungeons and Dragons for to teach marine conservation. So they called it Dugongs and Sea Dragons. It's still going out now. And they did it live, like in front of the, the conference and people gobbled it up. And so it's still both of those shows are still running. And so now we've incorporated it's almost like it's part of the whole conference. And even then, I, again, it got recognized. There was a person who uh, was doing her graduate work. She's from England. She's doing her graduate work in the Middle East. And she came to the conference. She listens to the podcast. At that point, I was going daily. And she listened to the podcast every day. And she was actually starstruck by me. She didn't know what to say. So she had her friend introduce me. who was a good friend of mine. Because he's like, yeah, she doesn't know what to say to you. She's really like starstruck. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm just a regular human being. I'm a podcaster, for God's sakes. I'm not a celebrity. And But it was just amazing just by the the turnout at the different podcasts and just people who are coming up to me and being like, I love listening to your stuff. And it's just like worldwide. You just never expected it. You said you started off... I think you said weekly, and then you went to five days a week. Yeah. Plus your job. Yeah. Why five days a week? And how long are your episodes? They At that point, they were each 45 minutes. <laughs> it was there was I'm barely t- any editing. I'm going to tell you this now. It was like, yeah. you finish recording, you put the intro, you put your content, you put the outro. It took me maybe 10 minutes to edit, and then another like... 20 minutes to upload and do and add somebody do the blog post. They probably weren't the best episodes. I'll, I'll be honest, but they were some, it, was, it did literally something I'd love to do. I would go in my kids. I had kids at that, they were young at that point. So they would be in bed early. So I could go do this podcasting thing and I would do it every night. Sometimes I would batch it if I had the time, but I, I just, I love to talk, you know, and, and, I, and I love to talk about the ocean. So I would like look at an article and I would just basically, this is the news update for today. And sometimes there were multiple articles. I had segments and, and it was just like that. And that, that lasted probably for about six months. And then I went down to three episodes because it was just getting too much. And I stayed for three episodes for a while. And then actually, I had this offer to work for an organization to do podcasting for them, a marine conservation organization. And so I quit my government job, my secure government job that I wasn't loving at the time. And I did this and and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And it was like, I started my own business and it kind of went into that. That lasted for a month. And then the organization says, oh, this is not working out. We, you know, this is not what we expected. So I'm like, oh crap, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a really tough time. But then I, I kept podcasting at that point. I'm like, look, I have nothing else to do. And every time I podcast, something good happens. So I'm going to podcast every day. So in that, that year, July of 2018, I podcasted seven days a week, starting with the Malaysia conference. And, and those were smaller episodes. Those were shorter. Those were like 10 to 20 minute episodes. 
But now, like through that time, people are like, I can't believe you podcast so much. I'm like, yeah, I love podcasting. And then I was talking to a, a person that I used to be a coach with. I'm not sure if you know her, Amy Landino. She's a YouTuber. And, and mm-hmm. we met in Toronto because she was here and I knew her through a friend who was doing her coaching program. I did one of her coaching programs. So we, we met and she goes, what are you up to? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm podcasting. She's like, how often do you edit? She goes, do you like editing? I'm like, I love it. She's like, would you like to edit my podcast? And I was like, sure. I, I guess I can do that. So I started doing that and then I really liked it. And then I started to get another client, another client. And now I, on the, as my side job, I edit podcasts and I have probably about 10 or 12 clients that I do. And it's, I love it. You still have a job? I still have a job. I okay. work nine you're, to five. And then you're, you're doing three, three podcasts a week. Yeah. And editing other shows. And I heard the phrase children in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's, how does that work? I sleep very little. Uh, probably about six, six or seven hours a night if I'm lucky. I just have it down. Like I just, I, I work efficiently when I, when I do work on it and a lot of communication with my wife and being like, okay, this is what we have doing during the week. And this is what I can do. And, and I didn't have these, all these clients at once. They just started to accumulate actually since the whole COVID-19 I've actually gained customers because of it. Cause people have the time to, to podcast. So now I've gotten to the point where I've actually hired an editor to help me out. And so I'm going to focus on building building the client list and just kind of keeping clients happy. And I'm going to be offloading probably about at some point half of my work to to this editor. And then if I get more, then I will hire another editor out and then continue to do that. And so as you're going from three episodes to five to Mm -hmm. seven to five to three. Mm -hmm. What's your audience saying during that time? You know what? They they're fine with it. I actually got a lot of support when I went from seven to three because I told them, I just said, look, like I got a job, you know, I had to get a job. I needed to support the family. I have a mortgage. I got a job and, and now I can't, I can't do five days a week. And so I got a lot of response. Congratulations on the job. Completely understand, you know, still listen to it. She goes, a lot of them actually, a lot of the people didn't have time to listen to all of them. So like, I'm just going to go back. I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so a lot of times now I kind of put like little playlists together and be like, oh, you know, I've been using the category function pretty well in, in, in Libsyn. And I've been able to, you know, put players on based on the categories yeah. and be like, hey, if you want to listen to stuff about climate change, here you go. And what I find actually is a lot of students and a lot of early career scientists keep up to date using my podcast. And so they're like, hey, do you have anything on marine mammals, like whales and seals and stuff? I'm like, yeah, here. And I send them like a playlist. I'm like, put that on and then listen to this. And they're like, oh, this is wonderful. Thank you so much. And uh, nice. Yeah. So it's 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 pretty cool. So I've had actually professors come and ask me if I can if I can have certain if they can have certain topics and they they listen. And I've been asked to speak in front of a bunch of you know university classes to do this type of work too, to just talk about podcasting and what it's like. How does your day job feel about your podcast when you're like, hey, I know I'm supposed to be working today, but <laughs> I got to go to this university that wants me to go talk about whales. So are they cool with that? Do you have to like wear their T-shirt while you're there? Or? As as long as it stays separate from my job, they're cool with it. I've told them right up, right up front because uh, I work for a software company and I'm in their customer success department. And so they love the fact that I like to talk to people because that's what I love to do as part of the podcasting. And so... 
if I do go away or if I have to go, like I, I host and I created and hosted the Toronto Zoo podcast, which is one of my clients. Uh, so every six weeks or so, actually every couple of months now, I go there for the day and I interview the different staff and zookeepers and stuff like that. It's actually one of my favorite days because I get to see the behind the scenes. And, you know, I just take a day off. And so I just kind of worked and I, I talk to clients, I talk to people and I say, look, if you want me to go away, I've got to take time off. So I've got to have enough time to take off. So I just work within, within my vacation time and they actually love it. I've actually proposed, I'm actually working on a proposal for my work to have a podcast because I said, how do you not have a podcast? This is probably the best thing you should be doing. And they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll try and do that. Well, well, there's a little mini because of my podcast where you were asked to do the Toronto Zoo podcast. Well, actually, I proposed it to them okay so i knew they had a new ceo i knew him but i knew him because of my podcast if you if i think about it he contacted me because of the work i was doing in, in social media he was at, a, at the vancouver uh, aquarium and when he came when i heard he got announced as a ceo i i contacted him i'm like hey i know you're big into you know science communication what about doing a podcast for the toronto zoo and he within a week we were recording episodes Wow, well, it's good to know people in, in decision-making positions. It does. Yeah. And so I've done that. And then, you know, talk about because of my podcast, which is the reason why I reached out, was I got offered... Well, I got asked if I would be interested in being an on-camera, I guess, expert, but an on-camera person for a TV show about animals because they heard me on my podcast at the Toronto Zoo. And and I just had the the call on Friday to give me the details and stuff. And it's a, a legitimate show that, that they're shooting. They got money to shoot and they're looking for animal biologists to talk about stuff. And they heard me on the podcast. They loved my passion. And they said, this is kind of one of those things. It'll just be a lot of fun to talk about animals. And we just want you to bring the passion. And I'm like, sounds great. <laughs> I'm like, you say, I think I can do that. I think I could do that. I think, I think I spent more time trying to talk them out of hiring me because I'm like, look, I'm not a PhD, you know, and I'm, I don't right. have the experience of David Attenborough, you know, and they're like, no, we're not looking for that. We're looking for someone who really likes to talk about animals. And I kind of showed them some of the stuff that I talk about normally and they loved it. And so we'll see what happens. I have no idea if it's going to happen, but it's an opportunity, yeah. right? That I never would have had if I didn't, if I didn't have the podcast. Well, obviously you're getting bumps and downloads, I would think, from all these conferences. You're, you're meeting all the right people. What else do you do to promote your show? Uh, a lot of it is just when I go on social media, I don't just put it out on my link, like put a link out to being like, hey, new episodes out. It's on. Right. Episode 54 is out. Right. Um, Enjoy. I mean, I, I kind of do in a way. I'll do audiograms here and there when I have the time to do it. But a lot of the times it's I actually engage with people. So if I get a follower, I actually, like as soon as they follow, I actually go onto their profile and I look who they are, what they do, and then I talk to them. And I like I message them. So if it's over, if something happened over Instagram, somebody followed me on my Speak Up for Blue Instagram and I just went back and DM them. I'm like, hey, you know, love the... Thanks for the follow. I, I went on your page. It looks really great what you're doing. Uh, this person was this started an organization really happy you're in the, if, if you ever want to chat about it just let me know and they came back heard you through the podcast love the podcast you know love what you're doing and then i'll ask like is there anything you want to hear 
you know, let me know or anything. And, and yeah. through that, it's been wonderful. And, and that's what happened. Like the, the, my relationship with Duke actually happened at a conference because I did a presentation on why people should podcast for marine conservation. And in the audience was somebody that I kind of knew, you know, we've met a couple of times before right. and she was basically a development person for their online, Sir Duke's online executive course at their environment school. And I remember her saying to me one, at, at one of the questions was she was like, so it, why, if you have a podcast for oceans, why would you come and tell everybody else to start a podcast on marine conservation? Since you kind of hold everybody, like, why would, what if they surpass you? And I'm like, good. I, right. I want them to surpass me. You know, I want mm-hmm. more people to reach out and talk about the ocean. I'm not the only person who's going to reach out and talk about the ocean. Somebody else has to do it. Somebody else that might be better than I am. But I'm going to tell you how to do it so that we can get more people. This is a team effort. This is not just like, hey, look at what Andrew did. This is like, look what we did as a team. And she heard that. And she goes, this is awesome. And within a year, I was teaching a course with the Duke executive program on podcasting for the environment. And then I just finished up my second course to do the same thing. And it's been fantastic. People who, the whole point of the course is for people to start a podcast. And the, the last course, somebody, it was a, a bear biologist and is going to start an entire podcast on bears and the sanctuaries and what it's like and how it's, what they do to rescue bears and all this kind of stuff and, and their conservation. And it's just, Again, I'm able to facilitate somebody else starting some cool stuff about the environment and getting it into the podcast world. Any advice you would have to, for a young podcaster? Just be consistent. That's my number one. And it's the way I always, I always think is just be consistent. Sometimes you're not on. You know, I've done a thousand episodes, over a thousand episodes for Speak Up for the Ocean Blue. And not an easy feat to do. And there have been times where I just... not. Didn't necessarily want to talk that day, but I had to put an episode out either that day or the day before or even the week before. And I just wasn't feeling it. And if I go back and listen to it, it still didn't sound like what I would consider would be a great product, but I put it out and they always end up being the episodes that somebody gets back to me on and engages me on and be like, Hey, you were really cool during that episode. And I'm like, really that one, not the other one that I spent like four hours on, but the one I spent... 15 minutes doing that's the one you yeah. like the most. And I think it's just be consistent in, in your stat. And I always tell people just don't even look at your stats if you can in the first year, because it's not really going to tell you how you're doing. I mean, it is going to tell you how you're doing, but it's going to, it's going to deflate what you think you're doing and really look at what your goal is. My goal is to help people live for a better ocean. So if somebody comes back to me, if I can get one person to come back to me and say, Hey, I did this because of your podcast. Then I'm like, Oh, this is great. Like this motivates me to do 20 more episodes because you never know on what episode is going to get to somebody to change from plastic bags at the grocery store to reusable bags. Because I talked about, uh, you've probably seen the video with the, the sea turtle with the straw in its nose being pulled out. I interviewed the guy, the guy who pulled it out. You know, and, and four months later, he contacted me. I asked him in the interview, I said, what are the odds of seeing that? Because I'd never seen that before. Not many people had. And he goes, oh, I don't know, like 4 million to one. He goes, I've never seen that. I probably, never, I probably will never hope and I'll never see it again. Four months later, 70 kilometers down the beach, he saw a same type of species, same uh, all the Ridley turtle, and he pulled out a plastic fork in his nose. You know, it didn't get as much, as much media, media attention as the straw, 
But that video was the video that caused the crazy storm that is ban the plastic straw. And how like a company like Starbucks, even though they're not doing the best thing, they stopped using straws and they stopped using and then, you know, they're, they're trying to change from plastic. It's not perfect, but everything is starting to move into place. And so I'm just trying to help that along by interviewing those people and to get the story, just to kind of hype up the story a little bit more in, in my niche. So if I can motivate that one person to stop using a straw, stop using plastic, buying like used clothing or whatever that might be at their own pace, then I've done my job, right? So it just takes one. If I can get one person, then it motivates me to do hundreds of episodes, really. Well, Andrew, buddy, I appreciate all the stories, all the insights, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. I deeply appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I love it. I love what you do, and thank you for everything that you do. Oh, I love that interview. A couple things that really stood out. Number one, did you guys notice? One guy, one guy got him into two conferences. One, which was way across the other side of the planet. So you never know who's listening and it just takes one person. I thought that was really cool. Uh, I love the fact that when he got the uh, opportunity at the Toronto Zoo, that imposter syndrome still kind of kicks in. Like, are you sure that like you don't you want somebody with a PhD or uh, more letters after their name? That kind of thing. Uh, I love the fact that he was worried about people saying negative things. And as he said, Nobody, not a single one. Nobody's picking on him. And so if that's what you're worried about, please don't. When he uses social media, he doesn't use it to say, hey, here's my latest episode. He's using it to get to know his audience. And he also, this is something I'm noticing. I'm I'm doing a lot working with people who are building communities. And the kind of common thread I see is that You notice when he first started out, he didn't care about money. Still doesn't really, if you think about it, but he's getting all these opportunities. He simply wants to serve the world and talk about the ocean. And he's actually helping other people. He's, he's helping to build his competition. Why? Because he, he just wants people to talk about the ocean and the horrible things that we're doing to it. So, and Also, if you haven't noticed, he started editing other people's podcasts and there are plenty of people starting new podcasts and most people started and they quit because it's too much work. And if you say, Hey, I will edit your podcast for X amount of money right now, that's usually about a hundred bucks per episode. And so if you come in under that, first of all, you'll soon learn that no hundred bucks is about what you want because it takes a lot of time depending on who you're editing for, but I just love all the different things about that. But the things I loved about it was number one, he's serving his audience. He's passionate about what he's talking about. It only took one person to really help him boost his audience in the future. We're going to do an episode all on how to grow your audience. I know we talk about that all the time. I'm going to do one episode with just a gazillion different ideas on ways that you can grow your audience. And Scott Johnson from What Was That Like has a great idea. He's going to kick that off, and then I'm going to bring in some more. But uh, again, if you want to check out Andrew's show, you can simply go over to speakupforblue.com. 
Speaking of speaking up, I am speaking at IndiePodCon.com this Saturday, the 13th. I will also be speaking at the Utah Podcast Summit. Yes, two places in the same. This is one of the advantages of virtual conferences. I'm doing this all from my office, and I don't have to buy a plane ticket. Now, I am going to miss hanging out with people. Uh, I met some really cool people last year at the Utah Podcast Summit. But the great thing is this means you can also attend these events because they're online. I'll have links in the show notes at it's schoolofpodcasting.com slash 726. Relax, worry, war. Take a load off. Huh? Enjoy yourself. Do you know what I just discovered recently? podcasts there's like a billion of them and they just keep coming Mm. now scoot i got a new radio lab to listen to about how clams learn Mm. (laughs) pretty excited hey you heard today where andrew when he was starting his podcast he really didn't know how to do it and sometimes when you go in and you ask one of these facebook groups you come out worse because you asked one question and you got 37 different answers If you're looking to get going in the right direction, if you want to not do things three times like the three bears, go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon listener. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And you can join worry free. How is that? You have 30 days. Anytime within that first 30 days, you go, hey, Dave, uh, this isn't for me. Just let me know. I will refund your money. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you answered the question of the month yet? I need this by the 26th of June. The question of the month for June is, who is that one person you would love to have on your podcast as a guest and why? If you'd like to answer that. Now, when you do this, Be sure to mention your podcast and your website so we can go check it out. All you have to do is go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question, and you can see you can use the speak pipe. You can actually call in if you want to use the phone. You can upload something you've already uh, recorded. It's all there, schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. I need your answers by June 26th. All right. Look, I am... A middle-aged white dude. So for me to talk about race is pretty stupid. But I do want to point out something today. Andrew saw something and said, you know what? Nobody's talking about what I want to talk about. And he wants to get the word out about the ocean. And so what I did this past week with the U.S. right now, a lot of protests going on. And the death of George Floyd, I went out and I did something that I should have done a long time ago. As a white person, I would occasionally ask my black friends to kind of clue me in. Um, um, Because I grew up around white people, I live, my neighborhood is, there are a few people of color in my neighborhood, but it is predominantly white. And it's hard to learn about people of color if you never see them. And it turns out it's not their job. It's not their job to educate me. It's my job. So I'm here to say I want you to go to YouTube. This was on Netflix. It's now available on YouTube for free called The 13th. That is an amazing documentary. 
and it's on YouTube. So if you want to watch it at a faster speed, you can. And the other one, thanks to Evo Terra, he uh, talked about it on podcast pontifications is seeing white. This is a documentary and holy cow. I think my favorite line out of this whole thing is don't get your history from Disney because they talk about at one point that there was a thing in America. And again, this really wasn't that long ago where it was, if you had one drop of non-white blood in you, you couldn't be a citizen. What? Yep, seriously. And then Pocahontas married some other dude, and this is not the Disney version. And he was white, and Pocahontas was not. And just like, I look at this and go, really? Like, nobody went, hey, that seems a little racist. But they said, hey, you have to be 100% white to be a citizen of the U.S., well, except for that guy. And I was like, what? And if you think, well, that was back then, there is a movie coming out called Slay the Dragon. And it's all about political gerrymandering. There's a fun word. And what it basically means is the corrupt people with the power in D.C., in this case, keep redoing the rules so that, well, for lack of a better phrase, people with evil intent keep winning. And for the record, I think they're all a bunch of crooks. And I mean all of them owned by the banks. But they're doing things to basically oppress, still hold down people so that they can't vote because we're all like, look, we got to change this. What what can we as citizens do? And the answer is vote them out. Vote out the bad people. And they're making it harder and harder. So there's a movie coming out in July called Slay the Dragon that is going to explain this. So I would say if you're a white person, please... Watch the 13th documentary. Listen to um, Seeing White. That's an amazing series. And just stuff that I'm like, wait, I never learned any of this stuff. And then there, you, you end up with this feeling, as at least I do as a white person, as like, okay, this needs to stop. This needs to stop. And what can I do? And the answer is you have to pay attention to the people in power because they're supposed to be representing you. And for that, I recommend listening to Congressional Dish with Jen Briney because I remember when she talked about gerrymandering a while ago and we need to figure out who's behind this so we can, you guessed it, vote them out. Another great show is the No Agenda Show. But Jen really is watching, for those of you in the U.S. that are watching she, she's watching our Congress and doing her best to do it bipartisanly. And I think she does a pretty good job. So Slay the Dragon doesn't come out, it looks like, until July. But I will be watching that. But I, I'm just here to say, again, I, I can't really comment on race besides the fact that I was raised by an awesome woman who, when my grandmother one time, and I don't remember her doing this a lot. I think I can only think of one time my grandma dropped the N-word. And on the way home, like an inquisitive little boy that I was, I said, hey, mom, what's an N-word? And she said, I don't ever, ever want to hear you say that word again. And that was her mother-in-law. And then later, when her own mother 
Didn't drop the N-word, but might as well have. She again, on the car ride home, let me know that those words were never to come out of my mouth. And I just kind of, it's a little thing. I don't want to get all invisible sky buddy on you. But I just try to treat people the way that I want to be treated. It just so happens that they mention that in the Bible. I, I think that's a pretty good way to live. So to all of my friends of color, I am with you. I have a whole lot more homework to do. If you have resources for me, I'd love to hear them. If not, I'm going to go find some on my own. And I urge anyone that isn't a person of color to do the same. <laughs>